Town Radio Hour is on the air. I am Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. Um, and joining us today is uh, raconteur, bon vivant, uh, uh, essayist. I'm, I'm going to build this up so that uh, so that it sounds. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Music, fri- musicomaniac. Musicomaniac. Friend of Tom. A connoisseur of live comedy events. Uh, Will Stegman. Be the at, at be the boy on Twitter. If you may know him from that. Yes. You should know him from that. Frankly, if you're listening to the show, you should be following all the people I follow. Works for me. You know, <laughs> I, I appreciate being called a bon vivant, mm-hmm. which, look, let's just translate this. Mm-hmm. If someone you know is a bon vivant, uh-huh. that means that they're a charming gentleman yes, yes. or lady. Um, but if someone you dislike is a bon vivant, that means they're an asshole. <laughs> really? Yes. Huh. They're, they're raconteur as well. Really? People often describe my father as, as a raconteur, and depending on who said it, that either meant he stole money from them or he was a really nice guy. I, 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 think, they're, I think they may be using it in the wrong... They, they may have the wrong connotation of the word raconteur. Probably. I understand what it's, suppo- what it, it's supposed yeah. to mean. Yeah. I think, they're trying to, I think they're trying to sneak in a variant definition yeah. into, into... I didn't know that it became a pejorative. No, no, no. But, yeah. It is not. I'm just... I don't think it is. I, I mean, I'm honest. Well, again... You know, then again, I'm the person who wants people to say forked when they want when they want to say forte. So it's you know. I assume you meant it in a nice way. Absolutely, man. I just had to take it to a negative place. Absolutely, because I can't take compliments. (laughs) (laughs) It's a problem. Um, uh, Let's let's go through some of the stuff. Uh, You're you're prolific on Twitter. Um, You are uh, not only prolific but very very funny. Absolutely, very funny. Um, and uh, currently, the, the, I think the thing that the, is probably the highest profile right now is the year of Billy Joel. Where want to go ahead and, and describe for us the raison d'être? Oh, wow, I didn't know this was going to be all multilingual oh, here. Yeah, neither did We're I. Pulling I out wasn't all the consulted stops. on it. Wow. We're pulling out all the stuff. You guys can't see this, but Gene has a nice little French phrase book that he's been running through here. <laughs> yes, he's going to get to the dirty parts later. It's going to be awesome. That's the best part about French is it's all dirty. So. A Year of Billy Joel is uh, pretty much it's all in the title. I have dedicated 2012 to going through the entire Billy Joel catalog. Um, every album, every song, every live album, um, officially released live performances, videos, um, writing about Billy, Billy Joel-related ephemera. Um, so like 40 years of Billy Joel. Yes. Any um, Billy Joel fan fiction. <laughs> I, I actually have... Found some. Oh, of course you have. Um, there you is have. Um, an unfortunate um, or fortunate, depending on your taste, um, <laughs> bit of um, uh, Billy Joel fan fiction uh, about Billy Joel uh, meeting fans uh-huh. and things going um, into... Uh, he wasn't always looking for an uptown girl, according <laughs> to his stories. Right. Um, there now is, and again, you want, some, you want a girl to go downtown. <laughs> there is also what I haven't found, and I thought I was. This is what I was looking for. Was <laughs> I, was I was like, let me see if anyone has written Billy Joel Elton John slash fiction mm-hmm. because they've toured together multiple times. Yeah, someone. They're both piano men. Yes, pianists. Someone yeah. has to have written this, and if they haven't, I'm going to yeah, because yeah. I want the two of them to just ride off into the sunset. Oh together. yeah. Can Can you make it Mpreg? Do you know about Mpreg? I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> For those of you who don't remember from when we talked with April Richardson, that is when one man makes another man pregnant. Like uh, like, like in Junior. 
starring our ex-governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? <laughs> I, uh, I've yet to see Junior, <sighs> but um, but I have heard that episode, and I think April is hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm hoping that there is, and you know, there's still time. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. both still very much alive, very oh, yeah. vibrant. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Billy, while he's been married, you know, to the ladies. Several times over, there's still time. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> late yeah, life yeah. discovery. Yeah, next thing you know. No, no, I, I think I think there's room in the spectrum of fan fiction to it would be plausible. Yeah, I really think someone, and that someone should be me, needs yeah. to um, sit down. Actually, I'm going to get an old typewriter. I think you should. Yeah, an <laughs> Underwood. Yes, put so. a put a hat on, some suspenders, maybe take up smoking again, oh, yeah. and just, just for the purposes of this, yes. I think, and just start pounding away. Much like I will have Elton John, Billy Joel doing. To Give one it to another. me. Give it to me, Rocket Man. You got to use that line. It's got to come in there somewhere. Um, I hope the Donald Duck suit's involved somehow. And the Crocodile Rock. It's going to be great. Oh, oh man. I, I, here's. Uh, let me pitch you your first title. The bitch is back. <laughs> yeah. Saturday night's all right for biting. <laughs> oh, boom. Um, I find. I guess the Elton John title. Ass ass houses. Ooh. Very good. <laughs> you know, years ago when I was writing um, I was, uh, a now deflunct, defunct blog, uh-huh. I discovered that there was a lot of uh, monkeys slash fiction. Well, yeah, a bunch of dudes living in a house together. Got yeah. a cool car. But like, I just like, I'm looking up and one bright, day, bright primary colors. <laughs> I discovered it by, I'm like, oh, I got to Google last train to Clarksville. And one of the, res- one of the, Results came up ass train to Clarksville. You got to do that, like, and you got to click on that link. So I'm at work. Uh. I'm like I can't click it. Ass train to Clarksville. Like just email that link to myself. You're just watching the clock like, at that point, like a kid waiting for summer to start. Cannot come fast <laughs> enough. Drive home. Open my email. Read that, and it was great. Yeah. It's just yeah. yeah. You never thought that. No. Uh, I, I after at this point. I am absolutely certain that any permutation of fan fiction that compiles slash fiction that could, you know what they need? Oh, what about slash fiction? Slash about slash from Guns N' Roses. Mm. Very nice. Mm. Yes, slash is snake pit. Even. <laughs> oh. I, I think that you haven't made it as a, as a public figure or an artist right. until someone has written slash fiction about you. I think that's I, probably true. You know, I have I have a lot of goals in life. <laughs> Um, lot, First and foremost, getting slashed. One of the things I want to do, near if not at the top of the list, is to so is for someone to write slash fiction about me and anyone else. Doesn't matter. I'm not choosy. You're, yeah, it's your <laughs> choice. And also, I want to be notable enough to be retweeted sarcastically. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I want people to be like just retweet me with like words. Good going, asshole. Right, 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 right. <laughs> oh. Just on a regular basis, like, I just want to be... I, you know, this whole like uh, Rihanna unfollowing uh, Chris Brown thing, uh, that made me think, that's the other thing too, is is I've unfollowed people. Nobody cares about that. When is somebody going to care about someone I unfollow? Yeah. I unfollow oh people. Oh my God. You I unfollow people unfollowed? all I unfollowed. Well, actually, I had to unfollow a bunch of people because I was at my limit of... Whatever followers, my ratio of followers. Of I think followers. you're you're talking about your following limit. Yes, my following limit. So you just I had, had to, to cut had some to un- people yeah. loose. I had to cut a bunch of people loose. Some famous names are in that list. I'm not going to say who because I can't remember. Richard, <laughs> Richard Nixon, probably. Yeah. No. No. His t- his tweets are always good. 
There's always that part He's of an elder statesman missing, now. though. <laughs> he only tweets 128 characters. <laughs> uh, Watergate. We're timely, kids. Yeah, We're right. timely. We, we like to bring him up. It's, it's, this is a topical show. Speaking of yesteryear, year, have we discussed sentimental accidents yet? Mm. Or brought it up? No, that's no, another, we haven't. That's another blog um, that you do? It's another thing that, that I do. Um, sentimental accidents is um, this sort of story project I've been working on. It can be found actually at willstegman.com, um, where it's it's just a bunch of true stories, mostly of ridiculous things that have happened to me, um, updated periodically. The goal originally was to update it weekly. The Billy Joel thing has kind of taken over my year. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's something you got to jump in with both feet. You know, the one thing gonna... that I misjudged about this Billy Joel thing was how long a year is. <laughs> because it's... <laughs> It's May. Like, I know how many days it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I understand. It's leap year. I got 366 days to write about Billy Joel. Not every day, but five days a week. I've got a lot of writing to do. But I forgot that a year takes a long time. Like, yeah. a whole freaking year yeah, yeah. To, to go. So, like, had I had the foresight to say, oh, boy, this is a whole year. I, I should have named it. Three to four months of Billy Joel. <laughs> right. As much of this Billy Joel thing as I can eke out. Because, like, I enjoy it. Yeah. I, and, and if you read the stuff I've written, I've come to really appreciate a lot of the music. Sure. Sure. But I look at it, and I still have seven months of this to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm confident that I can keep this going. Yeah. I just worry, yeah. like, is anyone going to care seven months from now? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, well, I don't think you can approach projects like that necessarily but i mean it, you, i mean it, it's it's an exercise for you and it i think it's interesting because in, in full disclosure I, I probably mentioned this before i might have mentioned it on the april show um uh, my first album very first cassette tape that i bought with my own money was glass houses by billy joel um i don't know why at this point i can't remember whether i liked i think maybe i liked uh, still rock and roll or something yeah heard it on the radio um it may have been an impulse buy at like a five and dime. It was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I do remember that. But no idea why that ended up my first album. Um, but I listened to it. And, and I have to say, I, you know, all irony and, and bullshittery aside, he's a good musician. He's, there's a reason why he made it and is popular. Well, do you guys know the background of, of why I, I did this? Yeah, I mean, well, I know it from... Uh, why don't you go the, ahead, go the, ahead. For go the, ahead. Sure. the audience. Um. For most of my life, I have not only not liked Billy Joel, but I've actively disliked right. him. Like, he has been the guy who I would get angry <laughs> if people said, I like Billy Joel. It was a deal breaker. Right. If I meet someone, we start dating, and they say, oh, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan, I would suddenly think of some reason to not... Bye. <laughs> yeah, I would just... I was never that um, forward, but essentially... I might be a little slower to return a call. I would, I would go into I'm going to be a jerk mode a lot faster right, than I would right. if they told me their favorite band was The Replacements. Eventually, I was going to be a jerk no matter what. But I sped the process up. I, I didn't like him. And looking back, it was purely me being contrarian. Now, I grew up on Long Island. If you know Billy Joel at all, Billy Joel is from Long Island. Right. So Billy Joel is to Long Island what Bruce Springsteen is to New Jersey. He's the hometown hero. 
Everybody loves Billy. He is inescapable. That would that would fuck things up for me too. I, I would be unpleasant. And yeah, because because he's just he's he's okay. He's good. He's he is you know in a, in an industry where where not everybody makes it. He has been successful. You know he's he you know he he's the utility you know outfielder of of you know of pop music. And that's how I thought about it yeah. until I started digging deeper, and we'll get into that. Yeah. But I just could not. I just chose to not get on board. Yeah, absolutely. And no, I can totally see that too. It became yeah. an unfortunate character trait of mine. It became a thing people knew. Right. It's like this is Will. He really likes the Mets. Um, he will probably drink all of your booze. Oh, <laughs> and don't mention Billy Joel. Right. Like it was a quirk. He's just. Going to fly into a rage right. if you mentioned Billy Joel, or I would be at a bar and somebody would put Billy, a Billy Joel song would come on, and I would start like just stabbing people. Who the heck put this on? So I wouldn't say heck. Like who put this on? And I would just be a jerk. Right, right. And it just became my thing. It was an affectation. And I realized, God, what a stupid thing to have. Right. But at this point, I'm three decades into this. Mm. So this year. My wife, who has been on the show. Yes, yes. Yeah, we neglected to mention that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, well, I wanted I wanted him to stand on his own here. I didn't want to think that, you know. We have guests who are married to each other. My wife, we have. Uh, friend of the show. Yep. Um, on New Year's Day, Being we're just you. sitting around the house. Oh, no, no, my other wife. Oh, oh shoot, sorry. Sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll cut that part. Ron Babcock. Ron Babcock. <laughs> He's Ron Babcock. So... <laughs> We're watching TV on a New Year's Day, and she sees something on the on-screen program guide called Last Play at Shea. Now, baseball fans will know yep, that yep. Shea Stadium is where the Mets played for decades. So my wife thinks, there's a thing about the Mets on TV, and wouldn't I love to watch that? <laughs> so she says, hey, this thing Last Play at Shea is on, and clicks down and goes to press you know, select, and I'm like, no! <laughs> and it was sort of like the Twilight Zone moment. It's a cookbook. Right, right, Except right. like, it's a Billy Joel the, movie. The, the, the camera presses in while zooming out. Yes. And we get the vertiginous thing going. <laughs> so she stops yeah. and asks me, oh, did you make that your resolution again? Because every year for a decade, I would publicly make a list of New Year's resolutions. And every year it would be usual stuff, get healthy, Gotta get into better shape. exercise. Yeah. For a while it would stop smoking until I finally did. Um, and then at the end, listen to zero Billy Joel songs this year. And every year I would fail. Because yeah. you can't... He's ubiquitous. Exactly. Yeah. If you go shopping, if you go yep. to a sporting event, yep. if you... Listen to radio if at you all. Put the radio if you're on. in a place, if you're in a place, a public space that has a radio that you right. cannot control, <laughs> you're gonna hear Piano Man. Absolutely, hear Piano Man. I heard um, Piano Man the other day. Yeah. She said, "Is that on your resolution list?" And I realized, no, it's not. I made the list this year. I'm free and clear. <laughs> and I didn't put it on. So I realized, let's flip it this year. Instead of avoiding Billy Joel. I'm going to embrace it. <laughs> I'm going to listen nice. to every and I'm going to listen to everything. Twenty minutes later, I set up the blog <laughs> and started listening to Billy Joel's first record, Cold Spring Harbor, yep. and just said, "I'm going to write about every song." And like most of the things I do in my life, 
It starts out as a stupid idea that just gains momentum and then becomes too big for me to manage. I once went 10 years without eating meat as a joke. Like, it just started out as a joke to make my dad mad. Nice. Like, and for a decade, I didn't eat meat, all because of a five-minute idea to piss my dad off. Nice. My sister stopped eating meat, and my dad would make fun of her about it. Right. Like, oh, I gotta make you special food. So I decided, solidarity for my sister, like, dad... I'm not eating meat anymore either. <laughs> so he's nice. like, then he had two kids to deal with. Don't! Special food for. <laughs> and then I just decided to stick with it. Because what yeah. was I going to do? Come up, because I come over a week later. I'm like, oh no, dad, that was just, I was just kidding. That's a one week thing. I couldn't back down. Like I had to wait for him to die. I'm just yanking your chain. <laughs> just yanking your chain. Uh, well, you know, we were talking about this before the show, uh, my caffeine thing. Because so we're enjoying some delicious uh, Mexican sodas as provided by uh, Megan Marie. Megan Marie. This week's uh, another wife. Well, let's just let's just name sponsor. drop everyone's wives. Ooh, look at that. Um, um, and and I do not drink caffeine. I do not partake of the caffeine. Um, and and that wasn't as a joke, but but it was. There was certainly nothing, no larger, you know, health or ethical concern behind it. Of other than let's see how long I can go without caffeine. And it's been twelve years, and I'm pretty confident that. I could go the rest of my life because I don't really care one way or the other. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> it just—it starts out as an idea. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife and I joked that we got married based on, "Hey, wouldn't it be neat if we did this?" Nice. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Yes. We, and we celebrated our fifth anniversary the other day. Congratulations. Um, it started out. I wouldn't say a joke, but it's, <laughs> but it's rapidly turning into. But one. it started out. <laughs> We're gonna edit that part out, right? No, that's gonna um, be our that's gonna be our like uh, teaser. But it started out more as like I bet nobody thinks we're gonna we can do this. You're not gonna pull the trigger on like, it. Like we're not really gonna yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah. And then when we did, it became a I bet everyone thinks it's not gonna last a year. Right. Like, we're gonna just stay together to spite them. Mm. In and your face, are, everyone. Yeah. Look at that. We're living happily. <laughs> Burn everyone. <laughs> um, but even if we weren't, even if we hated each other, we would still hold out. Just because. Keep it going just to not give people the satisfaction. That's the kind of old-fashioned, that's yeah. the kind of old-fashioned marriages in this country, that this country was built on. <laughs> Staying together to spite everyone, even though you hate each other. Even though you guys don't hate well, each other. Well, you know, I see, there's this thing that's been going around Facebook, where they show like a picture of an old couple, and it's like, in our day, if things didn't work out, we stuck it out. And I want to say, like, well, no, in your day, your wife wasn't allowed to work. So if you stuck it out, it's because yeah. she didn't have a better option than to right. live with a jerk like you. Yes. <laughs> she would be a divorced woman with two kids. We've seen Mad Men. <laughs> or either that or in our day, I was off in Europe fighting Hitler, and she was banging the dude at the, at the, at the soda fountain who was 4F. <laughs> you know what? I gotta say, how great must it have been to have just like a touch of polio in the 40s <laughs> or like just like a little bit of the crazy yeah just enough so that you got 4F and didn't have to go yeah. and it was just bang city here it in must the states been. it must have been if i could do it over but, i would have been born several decades earlier <laughs> just just a smidge of polio just a little touch not in a, not so somewhere somewhere between uh, just a, just a gimpy arm yeah. and an fdr somewhere yeah. in between there we're not going full fdr on no, no no not iron lung that's too no, far that's crazy but if you could just get, like, just enough... Because Vietnam, it wouldn't have worked. No. There weren't enough people over there. Yeah. 
Korea, my uncle, <laughs> my uncle got drafted for Korea. He spent uh, he spent his entire uh, tour of duty in Colorado because he was allergic to wool. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he was skiing and banging nurses. But he, he gets all of the like all of <laughs> the, the benefits. Time. Yes. It's tough to do, but once you master it. My father, um, my father passed away a couple of years ago. And um, was buried with full military honors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, the flag, the soldiers, the they didn't actually fire the twenty-one gun salute, but there was the lame stuff there. Here's the problem: my father never served in the armed forces. <laughs> nice. My father never served in the armed forces. Was never in the national guard. Never, I think. <laughs> never shopped at the Salvation Army. For all I know. <laughs> However, was buried. With, how do you what, how do you scam that from beyond well, the grave? Remember earlier in the day, earlier in the show, where we said raconteur, mm-hmm, and depending mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. who the raconteur is, either right. they're charming or a uh, gotcha. or a sleaze. My dad walked that fine line between the two, and apparently, late in life, he decided that he wanted to drink at the VFW, VFW. hall <laughs> because the beer was only two dollars a beer. Uh, of course, so he managed to get basically. Fake documents, <laughs> oh, super sweet. saying that he served um, in the National Guard. Because uh-huh. who's going to fake that? Who's going to fake National Guard? Right? right. People go all the way and fake Purple Heart. Right. 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 That's what like that's what Joe McCarthy finally got in trouble. You know, people go too far. He yeah. knew how far to push it. He had fake National Guard paperwork. Yep. Two dollar beers. Never thought like it would. Like, he didn't see like his end game wasn't military burial. His right, end right, right. game was two dollar beers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that when I went back to New York, I could go sit down with him, have two dollar beers. I'm like, isn't this great? Yeah. <laughs> two dollar beers. Don't talk about the war. <laughs> right, right, right. Because and then he was trying to get me involved. He's like, since you're my kid, you could get in on it too. I was like, but you didn't serve. Details. Tell me about the war, Papa. But he's like, look. <laughs> I got paper that says I did. <laughs> Good enough for me. He's like, if you don't like it, oh, go man. buy your beer somewhere else. Nice. You're gonna pay. You're gonna pay three, four bucks a beer. Yeah, that's so, crazy. Two dollar beers and the, all this. All this place served was two dollar beers and um, twenty five cent bags of potato chips. Yeah, I was gonna say either peanuts or potato chips. Yeah, potato yeah, chips yeah. and uh, twenty five cent beers. But yeah, yeah. he had it figured out. <laughs> if he could have worked out the little touch of the polio, like he might have. You know, maybe got like a like a like a shoe with a like a like a one big heel, right, 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 like a club foot, something like that. But like, it must have been so great. Nineteen forty-two. Like, look, I'd love to, but this, yeah, I got this, thing. this leg. Hey, what yeah. are you doing tonight? Like, oh, you know, uh, yeah. After you, after your, after your, you know, your boyfriend uh, gets a goes off on the train to go to Normandy. Yeah, ah, the greatest generation, right? It is the greatest Am I generation. Right? Hey, look. Those guys who stayed home were pretty great too. <laughs> right, right. Someone, someone had to bang all those bras. You know, it's weird. I had found out that um, my father's mother, or my maternal grandmother, had been married to another guy before marry, you know, marrying uh, your grandpa, Rex Hubbard. Rex. J. Rex Hubbard, and he had, because this guy had actually the first guy had died in the war, World War Two, and it's just like. If it were not for that, if it were not for World War II, then I wouldn't be here. So know? thank you, Hitler. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh wait, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's Tojo. Thank you, Tojo. <laughs> Stalin too. Let's come yeah, on. Well, Let's yeah, get everybody yeah. involved here. Mussolini. Well, it was mostly Hitler's fault. I'm going to say. I'm going to lay the I'm going to lay the blame squarely on on Hitler. 
let's not play the blame game. Okay, I'm going to lay the blame on France because we know it's all France's fault. You like French. You like French words. You I like French, French words. Book I French phrase book. I'm just saying. I'm no. I, I can appreciate their language and culture while still saying that <laughs> that reparations as punishment for Germany because of the Franco-Prussian War mm-hmm. was one of the reasons that uh, Hitler rose to power and it economically crippled Germany. And fears of a uh, rearmed Germany also precipitated uh, militarism and. And ended up uh, being one of the causes of World War II. Thank you very much, history G- major. Boom. Gene is correct on all of these points. Uh, a little <laughs> so bit of a little bit of a history maniac myself. France. I, I want to make it clear, though, just in case this is somehow used against me when I'm running for office. I do actually think it was Hitler's fault. Hitler, yeah. not a nice guy. Yeah. Just well, go France, on record. France you heard it here first. France set the ball. Hitler spiked it. <laughs> Shaky Town exclusive. What else? <laughs> Speaking of shaky town exclusives and the brave men who fought for our country or forged papers to that effect, <laughs> Bob Schreiner, shaky town team member who couldn't be with here, uh, be here with us today, wanted to at least pass along his regards because you two recently tweeted each other. Thank you. And Bob. Uh, he has two questions. Number one: Where did your dad get those papers? <laughs> well, if we're talking about Bob, I was going to say no. I was going to say he's a rock auteur. Uh, favorite nation's capital? Hmm. I got mine. A little secret about me. Um, I have been to two countries in the world. One being the country we're in right now. The other one being the great country of Sweden. And I wasn't at their capital. So, I've only been to one world capital, that being Washington, D.C. Now, if we can take state capitals... Yes, let us let us Let's, assume. Can we, can we expand this to yeah. state capitals? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I let's think. I gotta tell you, in the U.S., most state capitals. Look, I hope nobody in the U.S. is listening to this right now. <laughs> They're not. Most state capitals are shitholes. <laughs> yeah, they are. For the most part, like you would think. Name like, an awesome state capital. What well, isn't Austin the capital of Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that, the there you go. One. That's 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 the cl- that's closest. That's the only one yeah. that even. Comes close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else. You're right, Austin. Your state capital. I mean, Sacramento. Oh, Sacramento's a shit pile. I grew up in New York, Albany. Yeah, <laughs> that. It's almost like they choose it on purpose. I think. I think state capitals were laid out in the day when being a politician was a punishment. Where, where I think it's just <laughs> like, you know, there. I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this with the the forty thousand dollar plate dinner and the super PACs and not just Obama but everybody. You know, it, it used to be. Like jury duty, you know, either or either that or you were just born into it. You were right. a Kennedy or something. And yeah. You had to do it. You either had to kill prostitutes or go into government. Yeah. And and those were your choices. And if you own land, it sort of became right. like, well, now you've got to go do this. Right. I have and to keep the, I have to keep the slaves and, and the women out of the right. voting. Pool and you had to get on your horse. Go. Yes. Far away. Yes. Why? So that a guy with a touch of polio. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could right stable boy yeah exactly could go have a good time while you were out exactly. doing what you got to do exactly. yeah so I'm gonna have to say by default Austin yeah my favorite U S state capital um, right. nation's got to go D C because it's the only one I've been to fair enough yeah. second question who would play you in an all female cast movie of your mm. life? that is a great question let's see you know what. Can we go back into... We have a time machine? Anybody? Yeah, I think this is... Anybody? The young Haley Mills. Because, (laughs) as a child, I looked like Haley Mills. (laughs) Not not something I'm proud of, but, you know, look, 
before I became the hideous monster I am today, well, you guys can't see this, thankfully, but I look hideous. I uh, let, let me describe for the for the viewers at home. You kind of look like um, I can take a picture right now. You, you can we'll do that. You can do that. And then you, for the for the people who don't want to participate in the theater of the mind that is podcasting, uh, you look like mid uh, Anthony Michael Hall mid change from cute kid to the Frankensteinian horror that he turned into. Right. Oh, and he did turn into a monster. Oh yeah. 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 He did. He's hideous. I'm <laughs> I'm on my way to becoming just a walking pile of garbage. <laughs> Like, I, I only wear clothes just to cover up the trash that is my life. Like, I'm, I'm a hideous... I'm, I would say I'm the ugliest person you've ever had on this podcast. No. Wait, let me think about this. And don't name who it is. We all know who it is, but let's, let's not name them. Um, I, you know, I just... I, I, aesthetics don't enter into, into it for me. Right, right. You don't, you don't see things like that. I just see people, man. But, uh... <laughs> I don't see colors or hideous physical deformities. <laughs> I do see hideous physical deformities. I won't lie about that. <laughs> when, I, when I was a child, I did not look nearly this hideous. Mm. Um, I looked like... I looked... Like a cute little girl, I, apparently. I looked like a little girl. This is what I looked like. Right, right. I looked like Haley Mills, um, to the point where I looked specifically like Haley Mills and Pollyanna. Oh my! Two. Speaking of sickly, uh... right? Which led my mother to call me Pollyanna. Oh dear! For a uh, lengthy period of my life, you which is are. Why... I'm surprised you're not killing prostitutes or hobos. You know, <laughs> well, I'm, as far as I know. Oddly enough, my wife said something similar to me after we met. She's like, "I think you're really nice, but you know what?" Her exact words were, "It is amazing that you're not standing on top of a clock tower shooting." <laughs> it's like, "Wow, thanks. You want to get married? Nice. Let's I do guess, this." I could I see why that would be the entree. So it would be Haley Mills. But as I got older, um, at first I looked like the teenage James Spader. I'm also now morphing into the adult James Spader. <laughs> oh, God. God forbid. Um, he's yeah. got some, you know, he's got Shatnerian bloat going. He does. Yes. Sh- a Shatnerian yes. level of bloat. He is not looking good. Um, and then later I would get um, Andy Dick. Mm, I can see it. Um, which is I do partly it. why I, I don't it. wear glasses as much as I used to. <laughs> yeah. Or um, get or get high on horse tranquilizers right. and strip down to your underpants in the middle of the street. Right. Or pee in and out. Allegedly. <laughs> um, oddly enough, like for the first two years I lived in LA, people would stop me and ask me if I was Andy Dick. Mm-hmm. And um, one day I found myself standing face to face to Andy Dick. Mm-hmm. And he said, hello. And I said, am I Andy Dick? I I said, I look nothing like you. (laughs) I could see it, though. With no explanation and just walked away. But as recently as a month ago, homeless guy on the street stopped me and asked me if I was Andy Dick. Um, I didn't know he had so many fans among the homeless. News radio. Huge. News radio. Run, Run on a loop. Run on a loop at shelters around the nation. Can we agree? News radio. Incredibly underrated sitcom. Oh yeah, for sure. No, it was a very good show. Yeah, no. News I, radio, very good. Oh, no, I'm, I come from a, a, a group of people who appreciate the news. Throw radio. out the fifth season. Yeah, I, I, I was just, out of that. Yeah, it, by then. But good show. Yeah, doesn't totally. get it. Too. And good to see you know Dave Foley getting work. I'm 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 for anything that gives Dave Foley work. I'm pro Dave Foley. Yep. Um, really glad to see <laughs> that it's out there. Right. Um, hope the kids discover it. Right. Anyway, right, right. Hey, nothing the kids like hearing more about than sitcoms <laughs> that were on when they were in diapers. I, you know, though, I think I think 
the given the uh, you know given the nature of how everything is going to stay around forever now apparently until we you know have some sort of nuclear apocalypse um, people are gonna do, do, go do the back catalog thing I think yeah more and more funny. often we were talking about that before you got here before you got here Gene it was great I, <laughs> I mean before you showed up and ruined everything I try I, I try and give you guys some breathing room is what I'm saying but we were talking about how there's we're lucky in the sense that there's so much back catalog of everything mm-hmm. that we can afford to cherry pick the good stuff. Yeah. Like we can find out what's good and pick that. We know we're never going to hear everything. Yeah. But there's so much good stuff. You know, I remember you know the first time you know just hearing it it sounds you know like we're talking about the Kinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember like hearing the Kinks for the first time. Yeah. And like what is this? Like, oh, this, this was a thing that existed yeah. before I was old enough to know anything about music. Right. And realizing there's this rich catalog. Yeah. Um, there's so much stuff out there that we'll never <clears throat> catch up with. You know. Well, and now you can, and now you can, if you hear something that you like, you can find it, and you can find it all if you want. Yeah. And the internet makes it so yeah. easy. You know, the the beauty of the internet is that everything is available. Yeah. The the downside from a sort of a, a bitter, uh, hideous old person, is that you kids don't have to work for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a certain element. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, <clears throat> yeah, you don't have to work for it, and it isn't the... Because, I mean, I think Pat Oswalt made that that point in yes. that essay that he wrote, is, you know, it used to be things were traded as sort of like, you know, either you were part of the in crowd, or, hey, look at this cool thing I found. And now right. it's sort of, you know, it's a free-for-all, and... and Things come and go out of fashion. I think that the only thing that really bothers me about the modern culture is, and we talked about this just a little tiny bit, and we started talking about Billy Joel, which I want to get back to at some point, is um, the culture of cynicism that everything's available. Yes, and and I think that you can't, you know, it, it, a hipster, you know, a twenty-year-old hipster can diss a Billy Joel or whomever. It doesn't matter what. I did it for years. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but I you have a I think you have a better reason than it's just kind of stupid and I don't like it and I've never listened to it or whatever. You know, I can listen to it and it's kind of dumb, but it's a, certainly a product of its time. Here's why Billy Joel's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of this. Uh, I heard Piano Man. I knew we were going to have this interview. I heard Piano Man and I was thinking about it. I went home. And I checked it. I, I did the Wikipedia because I couldn't remember when Piano Man came out. It was like 73 or something like that. Yes. Billy Joel was like 22 years old when he wrote that song. Yes. What an asshole to write that song. What an asshole to write a song that's so fucking jaded. I mean, you could say he's a genius mm-hmm. for capturing that kind of thing because it's a poignant little song. But what an asshole. He's a 22, 3-year-old well, dick. And Will can speak to this. <laughs> Tell us about the origin of that song. Well, yes. There's. Here's the thing. I went into this knowing nothing about Billy right, Joel, right. and I did a lot of research right. into the life of Billy Joel. You have to understand where that cynicism was coming from. Yes, it's a cynical, jaded song for a 22 year old to write. Right. Even more cynical and jaded when you realize it was written here in Los in, Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the piano bar that he was working at yeah. was on Wilshire Boulevard. Yeah, the, th- the executive lounge. You think of some, like, smoky, like, I always thought, like, some smoky, like, downtown New York. Yeah, like, yeah me too. 
Yeah, or so, even something on Long Island, like something in the middle, you know, something that you had to sort of seek out. Yeah, and you a know, dive bar, a dive bar somewhere. Right. Like where, in the Bowery or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the time he had written Piano Man, he had released a record and gotten into um, a really bad relationship with a record label that kind of left him sort of hanging out there. Mm-hmm. Um, his first record didn't do well. So he essentially took off. Right. He essentially said, forget this. I'm leaving New York. I'm going to L.A. He was performing under the name Bill Martin. <laughs> and, he, and he just... Loved him with the Yankees. And he, he just felt like it just... Much like that Bill Martin, don't let him drive home. <laughs> right, don't let him drive home. <laughs> um, but he just felt like, I already missed my chance. Yeah. I'm 22 years old. I've already missed my chance. So you're going to see things through eyes where you're going to see the worst in every situation. But here's the thing. You're completely right. The song is largely a put-down of everybody in the place. Yeah, right. And somehow he's the savior. It's not that far different from when you hear Kiss talking about their concerts. And you hear them like, if we could just bring, you know, Paul Stanley. Right. And Tom Sharpling talks about this all the time. (laughs) Where he's like, he does the impression of Paul Stanley saying, like, if we could just bring these poor people a little joy into their lives. No, bless them, please. We've done something. Yeah. And Billy Joel's thinking, like, you know what? Listening to me play on the piano is the only thing that brings these sad sacks. Yeah. Any joy, because that's how he wanted to see himself. Well, and the the, the line, uh, "What are you doing here? Like you're so fucking awesome. Exactly. You're, you're you're entertaining us, poor. You know also, what? What I want to know is is knowing that it was it's about a bar in L.A. Where'd the sailor come from? Where did the sailor come <laughs> in? We never know what in the world a real estate novelist is. Right. But I mean, we could pick apart the lyrics to any yeah. song. Yeah. I mean, look, rock and roll lyrics. Yeah, I know. Almost. Everyone, even the smartest, they're all stupid. They're, I, and I love rock music. I love trashy, stupid rock music. But if you take any rock lyrics and give them any scrutiny yeah, whatsoever, yeah. Oh, yeah. nothing holds up. Yeah. And some hold up worse than others. We have to agree. And let's let's say, like, Piano Man holds up terribly. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things about Billy Joel that holds up better than that. But still not great. But, you know, everyone's like, oh, Bob Dylan, such a great lyricist. Bullshit. Oh, holy crap. <laughs> have you ever, like, have you ever given Bob Dylan lyrics any? Yeah, just any, read them. Read just, them. Do a table read of Bob. Go, go to a yes. lyric site and read them. Oh, they're horrible. Anything. They're horrible. Are they great in a folk song, a folksy, roxy, bluesy song? Right. Absolutely. 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 Oh, yeah. No. Um, well, my, my daughter's name is Mythoda Quinn. So Quinn the Eskimo is one of the songs. I usually play the, the good version by, you know, uh, other people than Bob Dylan. But I have the Dylan version. And that those lyrics are insane. They're insane. They're the lyrics of an insane person. Well, there's clearly a period in the mid-60s. When Dylan was in his prime, yeah. when Dylan was in that sort of amphetamine high, <laughs> literally, not even a joke. Benny's, that, he was on the bed. That amphetamine high, like, run from, like, 63 through 66, yeah. where he is just out of his mind. Like, he, like, if you ever even watch it and don't look back, you know, the, um, the, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the Penny Baker documentary, yeah, yeah. you know, he's... Clearly just, like, there's a reason he's got sunglasses on the whole time. Yes. <laughs> like, he's basically tweaking the whole time. Right. But you read, like, just read any of those lyrics. Even the, you know, the quote-unquote voice of the generation stuff. Sure. 
absolute absolutely ridiculous yeah it's the right song at the right time which is fine yeah 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 and you have to appreciate it for what it is yes. yeah you have to appreciate it for what it is but that's that's I think my I, I, I enjoy music but but for the longest time I was never a music fan for the longest time for the longest time okay I can sing it but I'm not gonna alright no but 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 compared to a lot of people in in my life now and and when I was growing up, I am not a huge music fan. Like I've, I, there are a couple bands that I really really liked, um, and there's a lot of music that I like in general. But in mostly that's not how I defined myself. Like a lot of people define themselves by music, and that I think is my biggest problem. Is is if you look at anything close enough, music. Is, is especially egregious in this respect. Um, you can find the the flaws in it, and the fanatics about any kind of music. Beatles. The Beatles are the are my my number one example of this. They're the best band that ever was ever made by anyone ever. And I'm like, which is ridiculous because we know that that's the Ramones. Absolutely, go ahead. absolutely. Well, they paved the way. The, the the Ramones were standing on the shoulders of giants. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but 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 my point is is it's it's the apologetics around um, you know music and that really bothers me where you can't see that look at some point the Beatles went herring off into some weird hashish Marishi Mahesh Yogi sitar horse shit and and some of their songs are just lame and weird. Have you ever heard the outtakes to like the White Album sessions? Mm-mm. There's some junk. There's some real garbage. Sure. In it. Mostly, yeah. mostly John Lennon. Yeah. Like your your batting average per Beatle. Right. Like George Harrison, high batting average because yes. he didn't get into every game. Yeah. But right. when he but he, when he licked when he licked it out of the when, when George Harrison got up yeah. there, he did pretty well. Yeah. Paul McCartney is a solid. Use baseball terms. Paul McCartney is a solid three forty hitter. <laughs> right. Would lead the league in hitting. Right. John Lennon's basically a 250 hitter with some power. Right, right, <laughs> like right, right. One out of every four. You're like, oh, hey, look at him. And sometimes he'll hit it a long way. Right. Sometimes he'll really smash or, one. Or more to the point, or more to the point, the coach knows when to play. <laughs> yes. And, and Choose his spot. George Martin, let's call him the manager of the baseball <laughs> right, team, the Beatles. Right, right. <laughs> um, new, look, Ringo rarely gets on the field. Someone should write something for Ringo. Yes. And like, oh, great. This is a perfect thing yeah. for Ringo. Get him in here. <laughs> but he knew, look, Paul McCartney yeah. was the guy. Yeah. You know, day in, day out, you put him in the lineup, he's yeah. going to produce for you. Lennon, early on, had that. Yeah. Burned out. After that, 250 hitter with some power. Yeah. Well, the, his solo stuff, yeah. Uh, with the exception of his first solo yeah, record, yeah, yeah. The Plastic Ono Band record is great, but it is clearly a man having a nervous breakdown. Yeah, I'm not a Beatle anymore. (laughs) I'm having a nervous breakdown. I'm not a Beatle anymore. Um, The only other John Lennon solo album that gets any play uh, outside of the song Imagine, which is terrible. Um, Not a fan of Imagine? Not a fan at all. Um, Song Imagine is terrible. The only other uh, Lennon solo record is that last one, which is garbage, which is... (laughs) The worst thing that we all bought. I own two copies of it on vinyl. <laughs> right. And I'll never listen to it because it's terrible. Yeah. Like, we all just residually felt guilty. Now, I yeah, was yeah, six yeah. years old when John Lennon died, right. so I didn't feel the guilt, but it sort of reverberated. I, You know, my parents were big Beatle fans. If my mother is listening to this, she's very angry at me <laughs> for the things I just said about John Lennon. 
But look, but 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 again, again, it comes back to my point of the the apologetics around it bother me more than the fact that the again the Beatles are they sold a lot of records. They're very successful. They're very good. They're not a bad band. They are not, however. The, well, this brings to mind upon the holy mountain of. Well, you and know. I've run into over the course of this year of Billy Joel mm-hmm. a number of people who are. Billy Joel fanatics. Yeah. Now there are some of them that comment on the site regularly, and those are very reasonable people who are big fans and are trying to sort of help me see something they feel I may have missed. Yes. And honestly, I love the fact that they do that. We have this little dialogue we kind yeah. of have going on, and they talk about, oh, here's something you may have missed in this. Awesome. Sure. Love it. Want to hear from fans. There are people who contact me through my email, and sometimes anonymously, who are those super fans who can't see how I could look at these things critically. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of quieted down. Like, now that they've realized, like, look, I'm not going to stop doing this. Like, <laughs> right, right. I said a year of Billy Joel. I'm going to listen to everything. I'm going to just start deleting your email. Right. I, once I stopped responding, like, it just went away yeah. with a couple of exceptions <laughs> so I get I get these like you don't understand like Billy Joel is an underrated underappreciated genius now I agree on two of those three points he is underrated he is underappreciated but to call someone who's running pop music a genius is probably an unfair use of the word genius now right. here, here's the thing about Billy Joel here's what I've learned over the last four and a half months is he is a much better songwriter than I realized. Yeah. He is a much darker and cynical songwriter than I realized. He has a much more fascinating personal story. <laughs> right. Than I, than I knew about. And he can write melody for days. You know, when you talk about sort of pop music, rock music, melodies, You know, everybody sort of acknowledges Paul McCartney Mm -hmm. as, you know, the top of the line. This may sound crazy. Billy Joel isn't that far behind him. Oh, I don't think that's crazy at all. No, that's not crazy at all. I would say he's in the conversation. Yeah, no, no. I I was actually talking to somebody uh, uh, a few weeks ago about Paul McCartney. And that's the thing about Paul McCartney that I think is is similar in, in... a lot of respects to Billy Joel is they both come from a very populist line of music. Yes. Um, Paul McCartney is that music hall tradition. And that's why I think he can't fail because he's always going to write something pleasing. Yes. There's at the minimum, there are very few things that are going to tank. And Billy Joel, very especially his early work, very much in kind of a show tune. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Which is an extension of that music hall. Exactly. No, no, it's the same reason why like, I, you know, the Kinks had the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's a very sort of English thing to have that sort of music hall yeah, absolutely. background. Yeah. Now, if that's what Billy Joel was listening to as a kid, right. obviously he's going to bring that with him. Like, if you ever listen to Billy Joel's pre-solo career stuff, he hasn't hit on that yet. Yeah, his early stuff, he's doing kind of garage rock R and B stuff. Yeah, and he morphs, generic American rock, right? And he morphs into. A, a brief sort of prog metal period <laughs> when he's like 19 years old for this project called Attila that I recommend everyone <laughs> go look up because it's amazing, it's terrible, 
but it's worth spending 30 minutes just listening to the Attila catalog. Um, they put out one record, it never really went anywhere, and it it led to Billy Joel pursuing a solo career and becoming the artist that we know. But once he got into the fact that, hey, he's a great musician, yeah. and he can write music just, just sort of naturally, just can get out of bed and write music, and it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's up there with your sort of pop music songwriters. If he lived in a different era, like he would be the Gershwin, yeah, yeah. the Stephen sure. Foster, sure. without the weird racism of Stephen Foster. Well, come on now, it's product of his time. Stephen Foster, plus by the, the way. Plus the darkies. What are you going to do? Cousin of mine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Really? Oh, cool. Stephen Foster, yeah. Really? I really? was That's not aware that he was a racist. I, I'm sorry for your loss. Really? Yeah. Stephen I, Foster? I, I didn't know. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't look into his history enough. Well, well everyone was a racist back then. Let's put true, it that. True, true. Um, I knew he was a drunk and he died... Penniless. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Technically, everyone dies penniless. That's true. You know what? I've look. I have not gone to the morgue recently <laughs> to you know check people. Don't you get at least two? I guess eyes? unless I guess unless yes to pay the boatman. Um, I guess unless you die by swallowing a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. He died swallowing four dollars worth of pennies. <laughs> yes. uh, I guess you can take it with you. Yes. Uh, um. But, you know, Billy Joel is, as I really learned throughout this project, like he's got, I, I'm a fan of Billy Joel now. Mm. Not even grudgingly. Yeah, like I you could, appreciate him. I could list off ten songs that Billy Joel has written that I think are as good as anything else sort of in that genre of yeah. music. Now, the, the difference between Billy Joel and Paul McCartney is I have yet, with one exception, to reach the point where I will get in my car and crank up the Billy Joel and drive home. I will do that with a lot. That's sort of my litmus test for music. Mm-hmm. How good is this? Can I drive home from work blasting this music? Right. Yeah. And as I drive, look around the cars next to me saying, you jerks don't deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You don't deserve to hear this. I'm going to roll the windows up so you don't get to hear it. Um... There's only one Billy Joel song that that touches on that, which is this song off Glass Houses called "Close to the Borderline," mm-hmm. because it's a dumb rock song. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's just a dumb, just banging out a rock song because that's the music I respond to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think for the most part, that's what's visceral for. Yeah, that is us white guys mostly. Right, I, uh, we've all done this. You drive your car and you punch the steering wheel yeah. as you go. Well, you know about as somebody who's been in bands, you know about the car test when you record a demo or something. Yeah, yeah. And you know you. How does it sound in the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's, and I never got to the point where I was recording anything, but um, but yeah, you're right. Like, how does this sound? You know, how can we drive around? A lot of artists will still do that. Yeah. We'll, you know, basically, you know, get all our demos together, get in a car, and L.A. is great for that. Drive up into the hills, mm-hmm. you know, go up Mulholland and drive around. How does this sound? Yeah. Very few Billy Joel songs make me want to get in the car yeah. and drive fast. Right. And it's this, it's this mid-century America sort of, you know, modern lover's roadrunner kind of feeling. Like, I guess we're going to get away from that. I mean... Where are we going to be in 50 years when, because eventually, not to get into a thing about, the, you know, the economics and, and the future of the automobile, but we, 
We can't continue to drive cars. Are we ready to move this into some deep political? Let's go, dude. Oh, we can't. We, I, I we, actually we love we love that. Gene, I lent you that book, uh, Culture Jam, which I'm sure you know. Culture Jam. Yeah. It talks a great deal because that author, besides talking about culture jamming, really, really, really forces his views about banning automobiles into the book. But it's still a good read. I don't want to ban an automobile, and I have actually tried to ride mass transit in Los Angeles, which. Most people don't do if they can avoid it. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a car, but for long periods, I have chosen to use public transportation. Um, I'm currently in a driving period. Right. I tend to, like, do, like, a couple of months of riding public transportation, followed by driving because the L.A. public transportation system is... It's one of the fucking circles of hell, let's just say. It's it's terrible. It's horrible. It's the worst thing ever. And I do it because I feel like... I want to put my my sort of money where my mouth yeah. is. Like if I want to say, "Hey, we should stop driving cars," I should be willing yeah. to not drive a car all to the time. Begley Junior. a little bit. Yes, like I I don't want to be in my car. Why are all these jerks on the road? <laughs> right, I am better than you. Like, I lose. I I have yeah, yeah, no yeah. argument yeah. if I'm yelling from my car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To stop filling the road with cars, but. Well, there's going to come a time where we just have to figure out a better solution. Yeah. If I lived in a city that had better public transportation, I work near the Los Angeles International Airport, commonly known, the kids call it the LAX. They do. Well, you know that there is no reliable public transportation. No, it's ridiculous. To LAX. It is one of the largest airports in the country. Uh, the flyaway bus yeah. is probably the only... The only thing you can yeah. do. You know how long it takes me to get from Hollywood Forever. to LAX? On that that route, ninety minutes to two hours. Oh yeah. So I tried it. I would get up every morning at five a.m. and do it, and do what I had to do in the morning. Get a cup of coffee. Get ready to go. I would leave my house at five thirty to get to work reliably by seven forty-five in the morning. Yeah. Because I was proving a point. Sure. Because, you can do it. Oh, yeah. No. You can do it. It, it. Because it gave me the moral superiority <laughs> right. to say, look at all these jerks in the cars who, who got to sleep. I, I, <laughs> I get driven to work in a million-dollar bus. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got four hours of sleep. Yeah. Because I had to get up at five to prove a point. <laughs> what, what am I doing? What, 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 the only, the only um, saving factor it, with going car-free in L.A. is... Um, if you have a company that provides um, a, at least part of the leg of transportation, because when I when I worked, well, I still work at the place I work, but but when I was living in San Bernardino, we get on the train, we park at the train, we get on the train, and that's just a straight shot. You're sitting in a train. It's not it's yeah. not the same as being on a bus. Um, it goes fast, and you can get stuff done. You can have your breakfast. You can sit at a table. You can read. It didn't feel like commuting, but then when we got to Union Station, we got on a shuttle that was provided by our company and went right to work. See, that would be that fan fucking tastic. I would sign up for that tomorrow. But my grandfather traded his car in when he was in his seventies, and this is when I was a kid. So whatever the year was at, probably like seventy five or seventy six or something like that. And he took the bus. And when I was visiting him, I took the bus. And we would do things like go to Disneyland from Reseda on, on the, bus. the bus. And it's, you know, the bus system is crowded now. So it was a little less crowded back then. But it would take us like five hours to get across, you know, what would be a 45-minute drive on a clear freeway. See, 
I, I'm a kind of a defender of the Los Angeles transportation system because I've gotten really familiar with it over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. My wife and I have shared a car for most of the time that I've lived in Los Angeles. Um, but, I mean, we used to live within walking distance of her work. So yeah. I was able to take the car all the time. Now that we don't... Um, but, I mean, like, for instance, the television show I'm working for now, their production offices are right in front of a metro station. And I can hop a bus you know, down the street, like a couple yards, you know, from my front door, hop on the bus, you know, get on a subway, uh, in Hollywood and get dropped off right in, in front of the, like right in front of the building. I, and I've done that. I mean, for me, moving close to a metro station is what made me say, you know what? I'm going to try and do this. Yeah. If you live near a metro station or you can get to one reasonably quickly, it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's, but I think this is the problem. This is the problem. Is it's it's for the the majority of the folks in this giant city we live in. Yeah. I don't think it's as convenient as a car, and it's until not. it's until it's sure. reasonably convenient. And I realized that today because I had um, I had somewhere to be today. I got dropped. You know, I got dropped off at the the station. And then I had to walk a mile, and I can do a mile. Like I, it's not horrible, but I'm really glad that my wife happened to be able to pick me up on the way back, so yes. I could, didn't have to then walk another mile back to the station. I saw on. on Twitter that you were uh, you were walking. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we won't say where because I don't want people tracking you down. And, <laughs> unless they want to go to at Brody Foster and Hubbard, and shake, Brody shaking Hubbard you and... down. But <laughs> it's there. It's, in it's public. there. Look, but make people do the work. All right, give right. some barrier to, to murdering you. <laughs> don't just make it. That easy. Like, I once made a mistake years ago of putting my address on the internet. Yeah. Um, just because... Your physical address. My physical address. Like, <laughs> this is where I live. Why don't you show up here? Um, because, I, like, nobody's going to see this. Yeah. Nobody knows who I am. Well, somebody saw it. <laughs> and somebody did something weird. <laughs> um, so... What I should have done was, A, not put my address on the internet. Right. Yep. Now, first, first problem. This person could have found out where I lived anyway, but I made it too easy. Yeah. If I made them do some work, they might have given up before they did the weird thing they did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I'm not going to say what it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. If it's that weird. I, it's, yeah, I don't I'm not know. going to say what it is. So make people work for it. Look, if someone's going to find your address or find where you are and murder you, they're going to do it. Yes. I'm kind of a fatalist that way. (laughs) You're going to get killed by someone someday for something you've done. It's going to happen. But... (laughs) Murder is inevitable in your life. We're all going to be murdered someday. Okay? So, look, you can either... Even if it's murdered by God. You can either learn to fight back... And prevent your murder, or just get murdered like we're all going to get. But, here's my thing. Make your murderer work for it. Don't put your address on the internet where they can just get in their murder machine, drive to your house, and murder you. That's try what, to murder you. That's that's what we're missing from the greatest generation. They made people work for murder. Right. <laughs> look, in the 40s, your guy with polio who's, who's... Look, you get home from the war. Mm-hmm. You find out a guy with the touch of the polio, not the full FDR, mm-hmm. just a little mm-hmm. limp, has right. been making time with your lady. Right. You've made it back through the war. You've... you've Killed a bunch of Krauts. Right. You've killed the Krauts, or as they say, you beat off the Germans. <laughs> you beat off the Germans. You've had a great time. 
think there's a Jennifer Love Hewitt television shit series about that now. Beating off the Germans? Yeah. Beating off the Germans. You've beat off the Germans. I'd watch that. Also, you've beat off the Japanese. Right. You've right. beat off anyone who need beating off. Right. You've come home to find out your wife has been beating someone off as well. <laughs> right. Now, you want to go murder that person. You have to maybe go to town hall and look up purchase records. Right. You need to do some work. Unless someone says, oh, Limpy Jones over there, he's the guy who's been... You gotta at least go down to the VFW and enjoy your nickel beer. Right. Because it was a nickel back Get then. a nickel beer. Get a nickel beer. And ask, hey... Talk to the... Talk Who's to... been here recently? <laughs> right. Because this... We didn't have a VFW hall until this ended. So who was drinking from this lot? Well, no. Then maybe we'd go to the, the Grand Army of the Republic Hall. Yes. <laughs> You'd go to the GAR Hall and talk to the old guys who... The few doddering old men who were in the Civil War right. and some probably Spanish-American war veterans that they just kind of let in because they had to. Right. And like, guys, stop talking about General Pershing for five minutes. <laughs> All right? Look, I need to know, did you see a guy about my age kind of walked a little like this? <laughs> Who was walking towards my house regularly. Right. And then, like, either you had that, but still, level of effort there. You mm-hmm. had to talk to old people. Yeah. Which is the worst thing you can do. <laughs> Ugh. Tell me or about it. Or go to town hall, find out information. Right. You had to, or hire a private investigator. Right. How many private investigators do you know? Well, by fictional ones? A no, lot. Real life. Uh, one. <laughs> I bet in the past you would have known ten. No, probably. Because back in the day... Well, you could hire Pinkertons. Right, That's what you yeah. did. You private, hired the Pinks. You private investigators were the internet of their day. They were. You know? I just thought of that. You're, that boom, <laughs> write that, write that down. down. <laughs> write that down. Private investigators, the internet of that the is 40s. The, that is the equal to the most awesome thing that's ever been said on the show. <laughs> oh, we should probably just wrap this up. Then. Boom, let's go. We're done. <laughs> so, I'm pulling the plug on this microphone. My whole point is, make them work for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, they're going to murder you no matter what. Look, as we've established... You're gonna get murdered. Somebody's going to kill you. There's nothing. Look, we should just kill each other right now. <laughs> get it over with. Yeah. I'd rather be killed one by you guys. I know you guys. I don't want a stranger. You don't want a stranger murdering Because it's it's cold. It's it soulless. is kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, only one of us is walking out of this room. <laughs> this is gonna end with a fight to the death. Uh-huh. As as all our shows do. That's I. It's why what, do you think I started this podcast? Is that why there's no repeat guests? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Wow. Well, we've had repeat guests. Well, it's because we didn't finish the job the first time. That's right. Time. That's right. And yes, they came back. Weird. Yeah. Weird. So I think that's why certain people will not be on the show because <laughs> they fear us. They do, huh? I guess. Anyway, when you're gonna go murdering people, make it murder someone you love. That's the whole point. Don't kill a stranger. Well, the good news is the good news is the, the statistics bear that out. They do, right? You know? Most so, most murders. I still think this country has a moral core. That is 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 strong, right? No matter what goes on with gay marriage or not gay marriage, <laughs> murders and kidnappings usually by someone you know. Absolutely, a neighbor, a fam- close family member. Although when I was a child, mm-hmm. someone did attempt to kidnap my brother and I, not someone we knew. Mm. But we're walking home. You were the Lindbergh baby, right? <laughs> I was. Yes. <laughs> Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Uh, Bruno, what's his name? <laughs> Sacco and Vanzetti. Yeah, Bruno, I have... So I can't remember. The guy... Bruno who, Hauptmann. Thank you. I, yeah. I remember Bruno Hauptmann. I just, I just throw... I throw all of those, like, teens, 20s, and 30s, uh, notorious, uh, notorious cases out there. My brother and I were walking home one day, 
when a uh, this is actually I think this is outlined on the sentimental accidents site. Um, we're walking home one day, and a car pulls up next to us. And this is the early '80s, so this mm-hmm. is the height of sort of stranger danger. Right. Sure. Like, don't get into cars with strangers. Like, that was the one thing we knew. Right. You know, my family. When they had to tell you at school about it, because right. there weren't Lifetime original movies. Right. Lifetime Network. What well, didn't exist yet. So you want to you go to school, you learn about kidnapping. Yeah. You learn that if your parents are divorced, your father's probably going to kidnap you. <laughs> yes. So my parents were divorced. Boom. So I, I knew like it was a matter of time before someone kidnapped and or murdered me. Right. So like my family had this code word. Like if my mother couldn't come and pick uh-huh. me up, look, I'm going to give away the code word. Now, <laughs> In I'm case you're well, what if your mom still has to pick you up, dude? If my mom couldn't come pick me up and had to send someone else, sure. that person had to say ketchup. Because <laughs> that never comes up in conversation. Unless you were getting kidnapped from a Burger King. <laughs> no one's going to just drop ketchup in conversation in front of the school. Right. So if someone had to come pick me up, they had to give the secret word. So one day my brother and I are walking home from... Actually, we were stealing bread. But it's besides As, the point. That is, wait a minute. Were you in, like, Les Miserables? I, I think he was in that uh, Temple of the Dog song. Okay. Look, we didn't mind stealing bread. <laughs> just, just the thing we did. <laughs> we lived down the street from an industrial bakery. Nice. And the guys who ran it didn't mind, like, selling the bread. If you walked up to the door, knock on the door, you get some bread. So my brother and I would walk up to the, to the bakery, one of us would bang on the door and buy like 20 cents worth of bread, which would be like two like rolls. And while one guy was buying two rolls for a dime a pop, the other one would be shoving his coat full of rolls. That's a classic con. It's a classic bread con. Yeah. So I think on this date... There's got to be a name for it. There's got to be a con name, you know, like the pigeon drop or things like that. Right. That's like, uh, you know. It's a loaf pinch. Yeah, a little loaf pinch. <laughs> yeah, that good work works for me. My brother and I, I think that day, like, I did the knock. Right. He did the he You did were the, the knocksman, I, as look, they would say in Victorian England. Right. I'm the man who knocks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and your brother was the pinchman. Right. I'm knocking. He's pinching. We're walking home. He's got a bunch of bread in his coat. <laughs> I picture you now like into Kensington Orphans. You have a sprung silk top hat on. I was I was very fingerless gloves. I was very poor, so like we we worked angles. Like sure, oh, my, I we we ate a lot of like government cheese. Oh, me too. Except we were poor, but we were proud. <laughs> so what we did instead of getting government cheese, we stole we, it from others. <laughs> Actually, you're not far off. <laughs> we would pay someone a small fee to steal the government cheese nice. from the place where it a was kept. A cheese nipper. A cheese nipper. Or also the um, the the rice and powdered milk. Uh, so we would pay someone a small fee to steal what we could have gotten for free. That's right. Because Boy. we were poor and dumb, but very proud. <laughs> yes. So look, we drop two dimes on a couple of rolls and yeah. then get what we can get. So we're walking home from a bread run. He double, triple the amount of rolls you give for that 20 right. cents. Because keep in mind, we were 10 and 8 years old. Sure. I don't know if you've ever given an 8-year-old a lot of bread. You're, you're not fucking Professor Moriarty either. No, we're not. Like, honestly, if we would have just walked up and said, hey, do you have any bread that we can have? They'd, They'd be like, given us here's a million, bread. here's like, 50 bags of stale rolls. Like, Knock yourselves out, kids. You two poor little jerks. Like, here. Here's some bread. Here's a dollar. Like, go have a good time. So we're walking home from a bread run. What's that? It's the neighbors. Yeah, okay. we'll deal with it. All right. So. Probably they're getting murdered. Car pulls up. 
I hope it's someone they know. <laughs> car pulls up. Guy tells us, hey, you guys, get in the car. I gotta take you home. Now, of course, our house is right 20 yards ahead of us. We can see our house. We'll meet you there. <laughs> so we're like, no, no, we're good. And he's like, no, get in the car. Now, he has not said the, the magic word. So we're sitting here going, do we run? What do we do? So then the guy pulls out his, his trump card. He says, I've got a cupcake. <laughs> now, look, we've just stolen bread. Mm. So a cupcake... Well, wait a second. Say. You've gotten our attention. <laughs> now we're haggling. So, my brother and I standing on the side of the road, holding bread, looking our kidnapper square in the face. We're like, let us see the cupcake. <laughs> like I said, now you're haggling. So, he shows us he has a hostess cupcake. Sweet. Good work. But he's already, you know. He's done came, his homework. You know, they came in the two packs. Oh, sure. Yeah. He's clearly eaten one of them. <laughs> So, my brother says, wait, you've only got one cupcake? Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. And I say, come back with another cupcake. We'll wait here. Good work. Nice. So, he says, say. so he drives away, and my brother and I are like, should we wait here? Like, <laughs> he is going to come back with a cupcake. <laughs> Two cupcakes, dude. We should have, in retrospect, yeah. had him give us the one cupcake, and we'll wait for the other one, but instead, we just ran home and called the police. I was going to say, run home, call the cops, say he's coming back, and then when the cops show up, arrest him, you got cupcakes. <laughs> we got Boom. cupcakes to go with our bread. Because he's probably going to have to come back with a full pack, so he's, he would have, theoretically, three cupcakes. You know what? You're right. Mm. Anyway, this missed is opportunity. What, this is why a time My machine is and I, imperative. We're not this kidnapped. Is just, you should have. Been, you missed your calling. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Kidnapper. Yeah, we were not kidnapped. That's we good. did not get cupcakes. <laughs> but you know what? We had some lovely bread. Yeah, yeah. We're good. My brother and I, to this day, have not been kidnapped. <laughs> Government. Well, you know, it's, you're lucky that he didn't pull up and say, "I have a hamburger here for you with ketchup," and you'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my god, so close to the house." <laughs> when he said the magic word, we are obligated, like like some sort of like fairy tale creatures, to get in the car. Like Nipsey Flick, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> ah! He said our names backwards. We've got to get in his car. <laughs> right. Ah, man, I miss being stupid. <laughs> I think I, I think uh, I think I'm going to need to teach my daughter that our, our code word for I'm going to pick you if someone else is going to pick you up at school is I'm going to kidnap and brutally murder you. <laughs> hey, so what is that code word, by the way? That's no, I think that's the that's going to be the code word. So I'm going to kidnap and brutally murder you. What are the because you don't lead with that, right? Exactly. <laughs> You're going like that comes later. Plus, plus they'd have to show up at her school, which is like secured like Fort Knox, yeah. and not just Fort Knox, like a regular Fort Knox, but like Fort Knox in a movie about a heist at Fort Knox. Right? <laughs> Where they yeah. really play it up. Where they really play it up. Uh, uh, you know, and then they'd have to show up and say, "I'm here to pick you up, and I'm here to brutally murder you." <laughs> Oh, the look on that principal's face yes. when that tent, when that happens. <laughs> yeah. I seem to remember, though, like, as a kid that anyone could just walk into my school. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No security. Yeah, no. right, right. Just what do you need security for? Walk on. We're going to make more kids. Yeah. Just brutally, brutally murder them. Look, they're handing out cupcakes on the street. Yeah. Those Columbine kids ruined it for everybody. I know. Uh, have you guys read Columbine? Except for no. uh, except for the fact that it, that the, my school in, when I was living in Detroit, 
was way pre-Columbine and, and, and it was heavily fortified. It was like fortified. Yeah. Is there a new book about it? There is a book came out a couple of years ago called yeah. Columbine, um, which is fascinatingly depressing. Um, because you read it knowing full well how it's going to end. Yeah, it's like that Chris Farley bio. Yes, it is. It's a, you know what? It's a lot like the Chris Farley. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm only semi joking about yes. that. Well, I mean, it's because you're just always it's always hanging. It's always in the head. back of your head. Something bad is about to happen. Yeah. The difference with this is that there were more opportunities to stop it than. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, hindsight being what it is, but exactly. But yeah, yeah. But still, I think I think though, it's probably worse. Also. Because the outcome was way more tragic than a single dude offing himself by being a fat dude who likes drugs and booze. Right. And look, I'm just a fat, you know, guy away from being that guy. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just lack the success and the appetite for drugs and booze. You know, it's like either there but for the grace of God and a bunch of classes at the UCBT and Groundlings and a stint on SNL. Still have your appetite for destruction now. I, I could. You still do. I just don't like to drink as much as I used to. And I mm. certainly don't like the hookers and blow. It's pricey. Well, it is pricey. It well, really you got I mean, it comes with the territory. Anyway, it's a great book. It's called Columbine. Um, anyone who reads it will be fascinatingly depressed. Yeah. Um, it is amazing, but it is just gut-wrenching. Yeah. Um, Anyway, light topics. You're listening to a cover of Billy Joel's Piano Man by the Japanese punk band Sandy Beach Surf Coaster. They have their own original songs, too, and you can find out more about them at sandybeachsurfcoaster.com. You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at at shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio at gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE, that's 667-4253. That's the same number. I'm Nina Bargell, at Slackmistress on Twitter and from the slackdaily.com. And when I'm not being mourned by my pets and my plans, I'm listening to Brody and Gene on the Shaky Town Radio Hour. Now that you reminded me, and well, Gene, you want to check the Twitter for questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, you tweeted recently about reading the Johnny Ramone book. Yes, so yes. I, I haven't gotten my hands on it yet, but... Uh, the Johnny Ramone uh, autobiography. Yeah. Posthumously released uh, called Commando. It is one of the funnest things you'll ever read. Now, I love the Ramones. I mean, for me, you know, the Ramones are just... The Ramones were great because there was never any pretense at being anything but we are going to bang out these short but wonderful songs. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to... Don't worry about the lyrics. It's all about... You know, there's a joke that... The Ramones released the same album over and over again for, you know, 20 years. Right. It was a great album. Like, it worked. <laughs> like, no one else has managed to just sort of bang the same drum for so long and have it be as much fun. Yeah. Now, what you learn from reading the book, and I don't want to give too much away, is that they all pretty much despised one another <laughs> and I'm, I'm over they didn't not completely but they're you want to get the idea that they were all buddies you know right. we all had the same fucking haircut they only, that takes some commitment <laughs> but like this the book you just kind of have to I think it's well known at this point that Johnny Ramone was a conservative Republican um, you know Johnny Ramone I believe used his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction speech 
to um, to laud President Reagan. Um, Johnny Ramone famously. Well, Reagan is the most punk rock. I president. think I think he said God bless President Bush. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm confusing the Reagan because there's the Ramone song. Depending on what version you get, Bonzo, Bonzo goes to Bitburg, <laughs> or Brain is hanging upside down. <laughs> depending on which version you right, get, right. Um, because it's very much an anti-Reagan song, and Johnny Ramone was deeply offended by this and <laughs> refused to allow the title "Bonzo Goes to Bitburg." Um, uh, asked them, you know, it was changed to "Brain is Hanging Upside Down," but in later releases, yeah. it was called "Bonzo Goes to Bitburg." Also, the KKK took my baby away. Johnny was the KKK. Yes. Yes, um, it gets in the, the book gets into that though. Johnny does not come off as bad. It's his own book, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's telling right. his own story. I'm a total a hole. <laughs> but you know what the thing is? He does come across as an a hole, but he comes across as an a hole with a a very strong. Um, he he lays out what he's trying to do in the beginning, and everything is in service of that. So he's kind of a dick. But he's a dick with principles. Yeah. So he's and like he's like Ayn Rand. <laughs> not that much of a dick. <laughs> it's hard. That it's hard to dick. get that much of a dick. <laughs> but Johnny Ramone was clearly the guy who drove the band. Without Johnny Ramone, they would they would have broken up after their second record, and you know there would be no Rocket to Russia. You know, it would have just been the first two records, and that's it. There would be no so Rock and Roll High School. There'd be like seven minutes worth of songs. Yeah, just we would have like we would have twelve minutes of Ramones. We would have twenty-eight Ramones songs All that we could listen to in thirty-five minutes, <laughs> and that's it. You know, but Johnny Ramone was the guy who kept the band together. He was the essentially the business manager of the band, mm-hmm. and sort of the the reliable sort of rock of the band who just kept it moving. The George Will of the Ramones kept it moving. Kept kept the money coming in. Sure. Kept them from getting ripped off. Um, but he dedicates, like, every now and then he drops in these little bits of, like, things that just shock you. Even though you know he's a conservative Republican, one of, um, this doesn't spoil much, but one of his greatest disappointments (laughs) in the book is going to a taping of the Rush Limbaugh TV show and not being recognized by anyone in the audience. (laughs) He's like, I was really disappointed that nobody recognized me. (laughs) Wow. You don't expect that. Um, and Morton also, Downey Jr. maybe. <laughs> Morton Downey Jr. was great. Yeah. yeah, we can all. There's no disagreement, right? No. If you're listening to this and you don't think Morton Downey Jr. was great, turn this off. Well, Wally George. Though, Wally George. Wally George is the er Morton Downey Jr. So, yes. And, so I really liked him in Iron Man, by the way, and Morton Downey Jr. Oh, Wally George. <laughs> but Commando is great. I recommend it. I have been sort of having a lovely discussion about it over Twitter with other people who have read it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's wonderful. Um, but speaking of music, um, we all know that the Beastie Boys, Adam Yauch, mm-hmm. passed away yeah. um, a little over a week ago. Um, I was a big fan. I don't know if you guys were, too. I yeah, fought for my right, rights to part. You'll see, again, I'm not a huge music fan, but but those, those are recognizable songs from my youth. Right. Yeah. But I've been thinking about a question... That I'm hoping you guys could help me answer. Um, you remember that several weeks ago or months there was a sort of a run going going on on the internet of people trying to discover what the good day was in the uh, in the Ice Cube song. Right. What was his good? And someone figured out, okay, this was the good day. <laughs> right, right. And then Cube came out and goes, "Oh, you're wrong. That wasn't it." 
I'm trying to figure something out related to the Beastie Boys. In Fight for Your Right to Party, his mom throws away his best porno mag. What was his best porno mag? <laughs> I think we can figure this out. Yeah. Now, the song released 86... Yeah, I'm going to look that up, because I'm going to... I want to say the song was released in 86. That sounds about right. So let's say... I'm going to say it's, it's somewhere between 84 and 86. It's my high school years I want to say 86, because I, I had it, I, I owned it on cassette pretty early on. And I think I got it in early 87. Okay. So I think it came out in, like, the fall yeah. of 86. It's in that melange of my right. high school years. So if it came out in the fall 86. of 86... Licensed ill in 1986. So let's assume it was produced earlier that year. So his best porno mag, because in the song, he's a teenager. Mm-hmm. So it's probably something old. Right. Maybe something that comes in a three-pack. You guys know the three-pack? Yeah, but this, I can't remember. I don't think they had them back then. Really? I don't think so. I think that was a more... I remember them in the 90s, like or well, late 80s. I remember in the late 80s. I remember them from the late 80s because when I was a kid, I once went to the stationery store near my house... Little past the bread place oh, yeah. to steal a three pack. <laughs> so I got a stolen. Maybe pack. maybe it was yeah. Maybe they were earlier than that. Well, it was just a way for the you know for the pornographers I, to move their back catalog. My, right. my my problem is is I grew up in Vegas uh, where Vice is a completely different animal. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, but I remember when I was back in L.A. in ninety eighty nine ninety or so. I remember when they were at the Seven Eleven and they'd have yeah. But they would always have like they would always have like like a hustler or a swank or something and then like buried in there there would be like weird British porn. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's like cheeky birds. <laughs> like, well and there was always when you buy the, the, the three packs, right, right. you always had like on the outside you had your standard wheat, cherry, swank. And then something in the middle, the one you couldn't see would be the weird one. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like as a kid I remember going and stealing a, a three pack. And getting on my bike and riding home. And as I'm riding home, I get hit by a car. <laughs> oh, God. So. <laughs> I just laughed at you getting hit by a car. So I get hit by a car. And I'm not concerned with my injuries. I'm concerned with getting my pornography home. Right. Before of course. anyone discovers. Priorities, I dude. have a backpack with three pieces of illicit pornography right. in it. it. Not only is it porn, it's stolen it's porn. Stole, I stole it from <laughs> this, this stationary store. It was called The Flame. It's still there. <laughs> Nice. Go past the flame in Copeg, New York to learn where I stole a three-pack and got hit by a car on the way home. So, I refuse medical help. Of course. Because I get hit by... Because they're, they're obviously going to do a backpackectomy. <laughs> well, no. They're going to call my parents, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who are going to take my backpack yeah, yeah, no, and say, what do you have in here? Oh, a hey, shit ton of porn. Well, my dad found me here. Like, hey, do you mind if I look at this first? <laughs> if my mom, I would. My mom came to get me. I'd be in trouble. Yeah. So I refuse medical help. Like, limp my bike home, and then like basically don't get my concussion treated. Nice. <laughs> also, you know, all to serve the having my best porno man. Right. Um, which brings us back to our question. Yeah. In 1986, what would have been? The best porno mag that he got thrown that was thrown out. I mean, was Marilyn Monroe in Playboy? Didn't wasn't there a Marilyn Monroe? That's, like that's like the fifties, dude. Yeah, but that it could be old. That could be like a treasure. Oh, it's not like know. a yeah. It's not like your Antiques Roadshow best porno mag. No, no, no not your most valuable have, porno I, mag. I, at this, it's got to have pink in it. Is what I'm thinking. 
I the term pick. Can't believe it has to. Well, I'm just saying. Well, look, this said. this is it, I I, it, this is an appropriate context. A gallery. Remember, I'd forgotten about gallery. I'm on the Wikipedia looking up names of porn. Remember, right. remember that the the characters in the song are characters. Yeah, we're not saying right. what kind of pornography did the Beastie Boys enjoy? Because look, they all grow up to be fine, outstanding members of society who would probably not indulge in such things. <laughs> but the characters that were playing in that song were kids. Yeah. I'm going to go with maybe a Velvet magazine Ooh. or perhaps a Gent magazine. <laughs> Gent. Yeah, I, I think it's going to it's got to be your it's got to be your 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 cherries, your wees, your galleries, your yeah. gents. Yeah. Has your to swanks, be, there's a wank in every issue. Has to be your 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 barely in focus. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah. Or 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 hideously in focus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One or the other. Either Vaseline on the lens or no Vaseline on the lens yes. at all. And it's like, wow, this was shot in a bus station bathroom with extra yeah. fluorescent lights. You know, perhaps listeners have jugs. some ideas. What about jugs? Huh. I'm pro. I'm I'm all I, for this. Yeah. <laughs> well I'm just I'm just thinking. Pro jugs. Well, well we this could, you know, this but is it a is question softcore. for the ages. Yeah. It is softcore. And, but Jug's first issue, 1981. Oh, definitely fits. Also, the Screw magazine. Oh, Screw. Yeah. Not more that was that Al, guy did the New Al York Gold, Public Al Goldstein. Al Goldstein. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because back in the day, I'm just getting into more family history. My uh, my dad, my fake military dad, was something of a um, of connoisseur of sorts of the adult entertainment. Of course. And um, well, you know, those days in the National Guard. What well, are you going to do? You're going to when you you're, you're pulling all night guard duty at some you know, Alan Smithy Air Force Base or wherever he was stationed. Look, the guy was in the shit. You know what? Right, 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 right. He deserved. He, what would be awesome is if he forged stuff that uh, that that said he was like in in Vietnam, but like a knockoff Vietnam, like those knockoff electronics. Like, oh yeah, this is a Saini. It's a it's a. Oh, I went to Vietnam. <laughs> Or, or it's, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the term nom that people use right. for eating. So it was just a Vietnamese restaurant called <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> that existed in 2012 that he went through with a time machine. Yeah, I'm burying the lead here. My father had a time machine. Well, I just, I assumed that. Also, don't go open a restaurant called Vietnam. I called it, okay? <laughs> Mine. No one do that. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, it's probably screw. I think you know what they were because they were New York kids. Mm. They want a little, yeah. You know, it's like think globally, wank locally. Good point. Wow. If you have feedback about this, be sure <laughs> please to tweet, keep it to yourself, you sons of bitches. Tweet will at be the boy. Speaking of, is there any? Uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm now deep. I'm now hip deep in the porno mags. So He's I'm, fallen I'm, into uh, a porno I, rabbit hole. Um, hang on a second. Let me uh, let me go back to the clean world here. At, at Be The Boy, as we said, um, and also we were talking about uh, sentimental accidents that mm-hmm. you can find. At willstegman.com. Right. You can, if you find me, I'm easy to find. Look up my name, you can find my address. <laughs> my old address. Do I don't live there weird. anymore. Do something weird. Do something weird that I won't get into. I'll tell you guys about it all. <laughs> okay. And oh, oh, you bet you will. <laughs> will. Yeah. Never stops being funny. Never stops being also, the Billy Joel, uh, I'm sorry, Year with Billy Joel blog, Year of. Uh, which we spoke about, is uh, at a year of Billy Joel. Joel. Right. Or if you just Google a Year of Billy Joel, or if you Google why is Billy Joel fucking my wife, you'll also get there. And I know this because that's how someone found it the other day. <laughs> nice. 
I'm gonna if I ever have, dude. I wish I'd have known that when I was doing my Google search to include the link, because I totally would have done that. <laughs> um, yeah. Questions from that? Uh, no, no, no. We're okay. We're, I, well, even if there are, nothing's have, coming across. Have we run out? Have we run out of ridiculous things to talk about? <laughs> Shaky Town Radio is a 100% DIY podcast. We have no sponsors. Gene and I pay for our expenses out of pocket. That includes disk space to store the files, bandwidth for you to download the show, an external hard drive where we keep all the recordings, even snacks for the guests. But we do accept donations from our friendly and generous listeners. So if you are currently employed, if you've enjoyed our podcast, if you have a couple bucks you can throw our way, just go to shakytownradio.com slash donate Click on the PayPal button and throw some money our way, and we'll keep bringing you these chats, these conversations, these in-depth interviews with creative folks living in Los Angeles and pursuing their passions. That's what Gene and I are doing. We're pursuing our passions, and we appreciate all the help we can get. So what have we learned here? We have learned. <laughs> have Billy we Joel, learned. underrated. Yeah. We're all going to die murdered. violently murdered at the hands of a loved one. Right. Hopefully at the hands of a loved one. And, uh... Yeah. Fake your way into the military. Get cheap beer. Yeah, yeah, I think the only the real tragic note is that your dad wasn't alive, but realized that his his uh, grifting had got him a full. Did you get the flag and everything? Oh yeah, super oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, no, we have the flag. Nice. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty great. Like we have the flag. It's like, and we look like <laughs> he did not serve. Like, truly, we are like we truly are just, the greatest generation. We are just giving the finger to all of the brave men and women who did serve. Right. And I'm embarrassed to have this, but I can't get rid of it because it was on my dad's coffin. Right. Plus, plus, talk that would be like a total curb your enthusiasm. It's weird. Like, you would be throwing out. You would be throwing out a flag and a case all folded up, and like, someone's gonna see you. Believe me, I feel like I feel so. so Sort of ashamed of that of the fact. I joke about it yeah, because yeah. it's something that happened. Yeah, I didn't do it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's done. But the knowing that there's this. Oh yeah, this this sort of thing that is reserved. It's a thing of honor. Like I want to, I want to like go to the government wherever they are and right. be like, look, um, the shitty is that our shitty national capital of Washington uh, D.C. I, I want to go to like to the to like knock on the Capitol. Right. Knock on the White House door. Sure. Like, excuse me, Mr. President. Look, this was a mistake. <laughs> I need to give this back. Who do I give this back yeah. to? Who, who gets this? Is there is there like a Dropbox for this? There's pro- what if there's probably a bureau of returning shit that doesn't you shouldn't have? The, the bureau of returned flags and medals okay. in Washington D.C. I want to go knock on their door and say, look, guys. Um, there was a mix-up. Like, I think this. And by go- mix-up, I mean intentional fraud. <laughs> Look, when you call fraud, I call an an honest mistake in the sense that it was completely dishonest. <laughs> in that, and might I might I just absolutely stress this? I had nothing to do with. <laughs> like, like, listen, Mr. President, when I tell you why he did this, you're going to laugh. <laughs> listen, Veterans Bureau. I know this looks bad, but have you seen the cost of beer these days? It's through the roof. What is a guy supposed to do? Stealing's wrong. We can't rob a liquor store. Can we? Can we? Uh, is there a riot going on or not? You know, I think that's it's the... generally frowned upon. Yes, it is. To rob In polite a liquor society. Store. Shouldn't do it. What are you supposed to do? 
If you ask me, all you can do is commit fraud. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're pushing into a corner, really. Really? Yeah. Look, you made me do this, is what my father would say. <laughs> Honestly, I'm pointing the finger at all you guys. <laughs> it's Don't. an indictment of, of our society. Look, here's the lesson I have for all of you guys. We'll end on this. Deflect blame. <laughs> Whenever oh, yeah. possible, yeah, yeah. point the finger at someone else. That's Not the me. American way. I may have done it, but it's your fault. Yeah. Why do you think we killed all Americans? Why, Why did we? Deflect blame. Oh. Let's just be... We shouldn't have done that. I agree. Yeah, that's 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 akin to the Hitler thing. Yeah. I think we can Let's all agree. Let's just make it clear. All agree. Not good. No, Not good. Ungood. As the kids say, look, listen, how bad, guys. <laughs> you know, bad. I mean, look, if we were serious, we would just give it back. Yeah. No. That's what Midnight Oil said we should do. Well, that was the Aborigines. Well. Still, the same theory applies. Yeah. I don't know. How do we dance when our beds are burning? We'll never know because I don't set my bed on fire because <laughs> I don't smoke anymore. All I know, all I know about that song is every time it comes on, I have to do the math in my head to figure out what uh, the temperature of the boiling diesels are. <laughs> Forty-five, <laughs> well, like 45 degrees—that's degrees, uh, uh, Celsius there. So, yeah. if they ever start singing songs in Kelvin, we are <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a negative or at yeah. zero degrees Kelvin, where yeah. nothing moves. Let's not sing our so- note, uh, musicians. Don't sing your songs in Kelvin. Kelvin. <laughs> yeah. Will, there's so much we didn't get to talk about. Uh, life with Nina and Daisy, uh, running. Uh, Those are all get... boring things, though. Well, no, the dog, the dog I, is I really hope we can have you back. I would love to. If you survive the if end I, of this show. If I, yeah, if I walk out of the octagon, <laughs> into the Thunderdome. And you shan't. That, yeah. If I get out of this Thunderdome alive, we'll be back. <laughs> well, I've been working on my rear naked jokes. So. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And uh, until next time. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I am Gene George. I am Will Stegman, and I am not responsible for any of this. (laughs) Because he knows that you need every coming to see to forget about life for a while.